Dang it, I messed up. Perfectionism is killing authentic relationships, even in the homeschool. Teaching is love. It is simple, it is pure, it is doable. Leave the quest for perfection aside. We don't see the truth behind the perfect Instagram reel, only the curated lives. Join me in homeschooling the imperfect way while pointing our children to the one who is perfect. Okay. So, um, Susan, I haven't even said my full name to you yet. Okay, so my name is Christina Salima Smith. My friends call me Salima or Chrissy. It depends what circle we're in. And um, I'm with the Miss wonderful Miss Susan Say, who I met at the Texas Homeschool Convention. Well, I would say she met a lot of people that day, and I got to experience her two or three times during the event. Um, and with starting this podcast, blog, documentary, <laughs> I, I really, you know, I was really seeking God on how, what it, what would it look like? And I really don't even know if I have that yet, but I really wanted um, to think about like, who has encouraged me most in my homeschooling journey? Who has mm -hmm. really influenced my educational philosophy? Mm -hmm. And I had this moment where I met um, Susan Say, who runs a podcast and multiple other things and is a international speaker and a local speaker here in our area of the Austin area. And I went to the Texas Homeschool Convention and we had an event called Encouragement by Chocolate. Hello. You know. All in, right? Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was the best part of it. And then this happened. So I'm sitting down and I didn't know anyone there. I went by, by myself I, and I sat down next to wonderful women and you started speaking, but not only did you start speaking, you related in a different way that I hadn't seen any other homeschooler speaker do or any other educator who was a panelist or uh, a presenter do this. And you took off your shoes and you won my heart. <laughs> and I was like, I'm all in. <laughs> then. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> I just needed the mo I needed that real moment. You saved a certain part of my homeschooling. I don't think I, I I'm fangirling so much and I apologize because <laughs> You know, one, to God be the glory that you reached my heart in such a way that day because I have to tell you, I was on the brink of giving up. Mm. I really was thinking, you know, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of stuff. Can I do this? Right. The irony behind that is that I was a teacher for 20 years, a department chair, mm. a curriculum specialist. So I've helped people write state frameworks and textbooks and I just felt completely discouraged and overwhelmed and you lifted me up by a single act of taking off your shoes and relating to me on that level so can you introduce yourself first <laughs> I love that hearing that how we met and how we connected that's fabulous okay so I'm Susan C and I live here in Austin um, I'm married to my college sweetheart uh, we've been married 25 years now and we are the parents of seven children who we have always homeschooled. 
So this fall, we'll be entering into our 20th year of homeschooling, which still is wild to me. I'm like, 20 years? This is, goodness, this is a long time. So uh, we've graduated three of our kids from homeschool. They've all gone off to university. Two of them graduated this past December, so they are out in the big, big wide world. Um, we've got one who is in entering into the last part of her junior year in college, and she'll be graduating next year. And so this year in homeschool, we have a high school senior, a high school sophomore, a middle schooler, and an elementary. So you've got all the levels. All of them. <laughs> I envy your curriculum budget at all. And due to COVID right now, we are, I, we jokingly call it homeschool corporate offices in the back. We've got a homeschool college. We've got two homeschool college students. And we, <laughs> and we still got homeschool going on. Like we got everybody up in here. We thought you were getting rid of them, and they're still there. And you're like, we're all you're supposed to be the professor. <laughs> Go talk to your professor. Oh, wow. That is, you know, and, and I, I love the fact that you have, I've always wanted a big family, and I love the fact that, you know, you have a big family, and you have them on all different levels, because your experience could speak to not only mentoring the moms, but your experience really speaks to so many different levels and ages, and I... I, it's very um, uncommon to find, I find, you know, you have a lot more people with so much uh, younger ages between the children. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really awesome to be able to have that. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, and I have to apologize because I kept saying say, and it's C because mm -hmm. I had heard someone else recently. Oh, I get it all the time. <laughs> and I knew it the first time. And I'm like, why did I I apologize. It is Susan C. and you run the Mentor um, for Moms podcast and Intentional Moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mentor for Moms podcast, and then everything else is under my name. So oh, yeah. if people look for my socials or for my website, it's all my name, Susan C. And I'm going to add that so everyone has access to it. Okay, perfect, perfect. And then your you and I meeting is starting to come back to me now. That particular night um, in in Houston, right? I remember. Being up on that stage, I had um, a girlfriend introduce me in a very fun yeah. way. Yeah. That was just incredibly fun. And I love her for that. I love that she did that for me. Because that had been a long day. I had been speaking all day. And I had gone between speaking and meeting people. And then um, we had a speaker dinner where I was meeting other speakers. And then I had a couple of meetings and calls. And I just wanted to check in with my family. And I was going into this evening session. And I just thought to myself, okay, I am tired. But beyond that, I'm here to serve these mamas. And when I looked at the mom's faces in the room, I felt this collective glaze of like, I've been in sessions all day taking notes and I'm trying to feverishly take all the notes and make all these buying decisions about curriculum and trying to plan my year and trying to do this right. And I just thought, let's not end on this note. <laughs> Can we not do that? So let's just have some girlfriend time. This is supposed That's to be encouragement. Like. It's supposed to be encouragement. So let's be encouraged. So I just thought, what would I do with girlfriends? I was like, first thing I do is kick my shoes off. Like I just be like, we are just not going to be all polished and pulled together. We are going to like snatch our hair up in a ponytail and we're going to throw our shoes off and we are going to laugh without trying to hold back a giggle. You know what I mean? Like we're just going to be 
real. And it was super important for me to do that. And I love that that moment is what connected you and I. That moment saved a lot of my sanity. I cannot express to you the gratitude I have in my heart about that moment because the moment you took your shoes off gave me that she takes her shoes off too. That's, you know, I go to people's houses and I'm like, can I take my shoes off? You know, and they and they usually feel like, yes, please take your shoes off. It, come, it becomes a breaking of a barrier. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from stepping into your house as a stranger and now we're friends because I want to walk barefoot in your space, you know? There's a lot of Jesus I could add to that, but I'm going to refrain. And And the other unique thing about that night was that the sponsor for that event, they stayed in the room. So there was this table of this um, entire organization Um, that sponsored the event. They were like right up front. And I remember thinking quite often I've been to events where sponsors come by And once it starts, they kind of collectively leave. Like, they're like, we're not really here for the evening. We just wanted to pop in and say hello. So it was a table full of men, primarily. And I thought, this is a women's thing. I remember that. For moms, like, why are they staying? (laughs) And I just, I was like, do you guys really want to be here? But what was interesting to me, and I'm still growing in this, is in spite of me speaking to moms and wanting to encourage moms, All those men at the table came up to me and talked about how much fun they had and how encouraged they were and how even though they haven't homeschooled, how they could relate to so much of what I said. And I thought, isn't that beautiful how God can work in us that even if we think we're talking to one person, how we could influence so many others. And I want to tie that to motherhood and to homeschooling because we think that what we're doing day to day is we're just talking to our kids and working with our family and no one else sees. But the message of the work that we're doing in our homes is being communicated to people who are watching us that we don't even know. And I don't want us to take that on as a burden of like people are watching me, so I got to try to do better. But as much as it's an opportunity that we have to have a greater witness than we ever would fully give ourselves credit for. So never miss the fact that what you're doing in your home is making a bigger difference than you know. What you're saying. Yeah. That that is just absolutely what a lot of people need to hear right now. Because with, you know, I wanted to start another way, but let's jump into this part. With a lot of pandemic learning, and I refuse to call it homeschooling, that's been a big thing for me, because we teach very differently as homeschoolers. And even in the classroom, we teach vastly different. Mm-hmm. You, you, you said something that's so important. Our kids are watching what we do as opposed to what we're saying all the time. And it's a life lesson for many different areas that we could talk about, just motherhood in general. Mm-hmm. But a lot of parents are panicking mm-hmm. because... I'm not a homeschooler. I'm not a teacher. Well, yeah, you are. You taught your kid how to go potty. Mm -hmm. And this is why I started this podcast, because I want to encourage parents to know that they can do this. They don't need to go get three or four degrees to be able to teach a preschooler how to tie their sneaker or, you know, that we're equipped with this. Moms are equipped with it. Dads are equipped with it. Guess what? Older siblings are equipped with this too, because you taught them and you taught them so well that they could go ahead and do it. And so my big thing right now is first breathe, mom, breathe. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a mom or dad or because it's, 
there's a couple in our neighborhood that are um, both doing it in between working. And I just can't imagine. And my heart really, really goes out to them. But they have taught their kids how to do so many different things from eating to using the bathroom to basic things like manners. Those are communication skills. We forget. We give these big names mm -hmm. to things. And they're really simple things. It's like the guy, um, Fulgrim, everything I needed to know, I learned in oh, kindergarten. I learned in kindergarten, yeah. Is that the guy? You know, it's just like that. So I'm glad you said that because it's true. They are watching more what we are doing versus what we are saying. And that's important too, though. I do believe that there's some importance to that. But every, you know, we're well equipped to be able to take charge of our kids' education because we've done it all along. Along, mm -hmm. and um, there's not a, enough emphasis on that. That we have taught our kids up to five years old, and when you decide to give, or six in some states, you decide to give them over to someone else. Don't forget all the years you've already taught them. And so, what you taught me that day by <laughs> removing your shoes was that you know there there wasn't you didn't have to stand there in a perfect role with shoes, and even you had sponsors there, and I saw them there. I didn't think of that until now you really related yourself to to us and um hopefully we can get some people relating to each other in the homeschool world and in the when they do that search on youtube that they can find people they can really relate to because they're out there mm -hmm. and one of the things that you said that night was that we should or and i can't remember because i have two sets of notes i think you said this in the class in the um, session before but you had said that we should bless one another in the direction God has called us mm -hmm. and not on each other's journey. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a very hard thing for me to do because I saw this plethora of wonderful women doing extraordinary things with mm -hmm. four and five kids. And I was going, I have one, he's five. I can't do it in that way. And I was very discouraged quickly. And that bless one another in the direction God has called them and not judge them made me feel, you know, that, and I've listened to your podcast where you're constantly encouraging and, and guiding people towards a direction as well, but lovingly. And so I wanted to ask you, how do you run your race? You know, we're encouraged to run the race that God has set before us. How do you do that? Focus on your family not on what everyone else's. There's other podcasters. How do you quiet the noise and focus on this race set before you so that maybe someone else can say, maybe I could use these tools and apply it to my life so I don't look and see what everyone else is doing that I can focus on homeschooling my child, teaching my child, listening to my child, or whatever that would be for that parent, especially during these times. <laughs> so how do I run my race? How do you run uh, I will say it is a messy process. I think what people see outwardly might look polished and pulled together and like there's a plan. And if they could only see behind the curtain, if they could only see inside of this head of mine where I overthink such little things that you probably wouldn't really know I spent a lot of time on um, that I thought so hard about that. <laughs> um, I remember... Uh, let's just do yesterday because I love to do like in the moment, not a sweet story from back in the day when I've already settled it and put a bow on it. But yesterday I was going to celebrate 
the fact that my podcast has now had over 70,000 downloads. And I thought, 70,000 women have showed up. What in the world? This is incredible. I'm going to celebrate this. And I logged on to see a friend of mine post a comment that she had just been a guest on a podcast. And her one episode had been downloaded over 100,000 times or something. And I thought, what? (laughs) And then another woman that I know was just a guest on um, like a little video chat thing. Um, And she was like, oh, guys, that episode where I was on has had over 3 million downloads. And I thought, well, 70,000 feels like Hmm. nothing. What have I done? Right? (laughs) And I thought, am I going to celebrate this or am I not going to? And I got in this whole debate about what I'm doing. And I do the same thing around my kids' schooling. I could be so excited that I finally figured out what we're going to do this year and what direction we're going to go and what period of history we're going to study. And then I could get out and have a conversation with a friend. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is what we're doing. And here's all the projects we're going to do. And I think all the time. Yeah. Okay. so that my stuff feels like real basic compared to what you just said you thought through and planned out. And wow, I just have this little piece of paper that I have a few scribbled notes from my thoughts in the middle of the night and you have this whole planner set out with color codes for your kids and everybody looks like they got this beautiful plan and mine kind of looks raggedy in comparison and there's somewhere in the middle of that that God rescues me every time Mm -hmm. and he pulls me up from my space where I want to just kind of wallow in a ditch and go I'm not really doing anything that matters. And I don't even feel like I know what I'm doing. And he just pulls me up out of that with this reminder that he has a unique plan for me too. And that his plan for me is good. And his plan that he has for my kids is good. And all he's asking me to do is trust him. So where I land every time that he rescues me is that my goal in life is not to be famous, not to be found faultless, but to be found faithful. I just want to be found faithful to what God has called me to do, whether that's podcasting, whether that's speaking, whether that's spending time with my kids, homeschooling my kids, spending time with my husband. I just want to be found faithful. I feel like I have just been taken to church. There's so much in there that we could unpack. I, I Okay. When you said, that God rescued you from that. I don't know if I, we should call it comparison because sometimes you're not compar- comparing apple to apples to apples. You're really just looking because sometimes mm-hmm. in the comparison, you at least look at yourself, right. right? You say, here's me and here's that person. But sometimes we don't even bother. We just take me and push it aside. Mm-hmm. And I love the way you said you rest, you know, you were rescued from that because, you know, I feel like you were like, okay, I'm not even going to compare. I'm just going to look back towards me, which is so important. And we don't do this because we're a bit too busy doing this. I love how you said you were rescued from that feeling. And I think, I think now's the time that we can try to be rescued from this discouragement and the worry and just kind of be faithful to the task at hand. Mm-hmm. Like we don't let our sauce and our onions burn. Well, sometimes I have. <laughs> I've burned a curry or two, you know, not a lot, but I've burned a curry or two. So, um, 
it's almost the same thing, being faithful to what we're called in that moment, whether it's pre-K, be faithful to that. And maybe we can only take on one assignment or one, help one friend at a time this week, as opposed to trying to do five. But I love that you use the word rescued because we, we think of putting out fires. And as moms, we're always trying to put out fires, right? But there's not enough firemen mm-hmm. around to go and rescue and to put out the fires. So if we take a little bit of that time and be trust, right, that in our faithfulness, God will be faithful to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that you were able to bring that out because that is something that I was lacking. I was lacking um, faithfulness in my task. By going and looking at so many different avenues, well, this person's doing it this way. Maybe I'm doing it wrong because they're doing it this way. And so that comparison, it wasn't even comparison because I had stopped looking at myself. Um, So thank you for saying that and sharing that because I know a lot of people need to trust themselves, need to trust God in this and just remain faithful to that one task at the moment. Um, I have another question for you. And this is my first time. This is my inaugural podcast. So I haven't done this before. Um, So I'm hoping that, you know, it's okay to to ask you questions. Oh, please. I think that's perfect. Yes. Okay. Um, What is your best advice for anyone during pandemic schooling or I don't know, crisis, there's so many different names. I can't believe there's even hashtags now for this whole situation. But during crisis schooling or pandemic schooling, what is your best advice for anyone contemplating it? They haven't even gone into it, but what advice could you give someone that is thinking, you know, maybe I should just do this all the time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe for the next six months till things settle down. What is your best advice for them? I've been contemplating putting out a post that I think could be a little, I don't know. I could kind of poking the, poking the box, but I think those episodes that dealt with it too. Mm -hmm. Yes. I have done some podcasts on homeschooling during the pandemic for sure. Um, And I I thought about putting out a post recently that said, some of you are going to have a hard time homeschooling this year because of the judgments you've had on homeschoolers in the past. Yeah. Um, And I really want to speak to the judgments being things like homeschoolers must be super organized or they must be super patient or they are, they were teachers before, so they know how to teach or um, they already are comfortable with the idea of homeschooling or there's so many assumptions and judgments that have already happened about what it means to be a homeschooler that even considering homeschooling, you think, well, I'm not patient and I'm not real organized and I've never taught a kid before and I've never done that and I don't think that I can do it. And I want to say, as someone who's homeschooled for 19 years, who's watched a whole lot of trends in homeschooling, who's watched a whole lot of parents come and a whole lot of parents go, that this is for every parent who's willing to say, I'm in. That's about all it takes. Beyond that, you'll figure out all the other details, Mm -hmm. just like you would in anything else. If your kid came home from the doctor and the doctor said that they had some um, issue going on, you would do the research. 
okay, well, let me go figure out what that means and what are other parents doing? And you'd find groups and circles of other parents whose kids have dealt with that. And you would join those groups and get in those conversations and read those books and follow those blogs because this is now a part of your life. It's a part of your life that involves your child, someone you care about deeply and you want to see them taken care of in the best way. Well, homeschooling is the same thing. It's not something you have to figure out ahead of time. It's not something that you're chosen for because of your skill set or background, and that qualifies you. What qualifies you is your love and your care for your child, and you wanting the best for them, and you investing you into their education, and that is what makes it work. Yes, that reminds me. Have you heard of Richard Wong? No. Uh -uh. So Richard Wong is the... (laughs) equivalent of what every teacher so I taught for 20 years and so at the beginning even a couple years before that before in my training I heard of Richard Wong and they make you um, buy this book and is um, how to the first hundred days of school or something like that you may have heard of that book and he says and I live my teaching career by this and I live my relationships with people in this way too. I try to, I should say, um, I try to live by this, but one of the things he said was kids don't, children don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. And so I think my advice to a new homeschooling family or pandemic schooling or whatever it is, you're going to be home with your kids and you're going to open a book at some point and you're going to read to them and you're going to school, whatever your school looks like, as they, as long as they know that you love them, you care for them and that whatever mistakes happen, it's going to happen. You're going to move on. You're still going to love them. I think that's all they need. That's all they need to know. And um, what's interesting, my, my son graduated kindergarten last Saturday and we were just working on some phonics and trying to get that through so he could make it to first grade. And he had said that his favorite part of school was Star Wars because we used well math. It was math, and we he cuddle time with Mama because oh. cuddle time. He didn't say reading. It's our reading time. It's our literacy time. Mm-hmm. I built a whole curriculum on that time, but to him, it's cuddle time with Mama. Time with Mama. And my heart, like I was really about to cry for my son's kindergarten graduation because of that. And it was very informal, but just the, the fact that he was able to say that made me think of, we're going to open as homeschoolers. We're going to open so many books. We're going to open so many videos of, uh, if you do classical conversations or whatever, whatever you use, you're going to open a lot of different avenues for your child to learn. Mm-hmm. Computer games, books, this, and they're going to remember the funniest thing is that they may remember doing fractions while you guys baked cookies or a cake and forget 12 years of everything else. The best, the best. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to remember that moment. And I was really upset for a while as a new homeschooler. And we got to go back to the judgment. I have to talk about that because I was upset for a while because I didn't have a homeschool. I teach piano. So I have homeschool and piano books here. And I have them up there and then I have them in the living room. And then we had a craft room for a while. And so the art supplies were all in there with our art cart and the big paper. It was a mess. And I was, I would walk into people's houses and they had these massive, beautiful rooms and the comparison. I no longer looked at what I wanted to do. I was looking at, 
Oh, I wish I had that. And you start playing that game, and that's a dangerous game to play anyway, mm-hmm. as moms and as parents. And it wasn't until I realized that moment that, you know, he liked coloring with mama, it kind of brought it back to what it really was, or baking cookies or whatever. They're going to remember that moment more. Speaking about judgments, mm-hmm. so since this is my po- first podcast, if you will humor me in this, I was so judgmental as a teacher, as a public school teacher, I was the most judgmental person on the planet when it came to you, you homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. I really thought that these kids sat at a desk at home and their parents like, like they didn't get up from the desk. <laughs> no fun for you. Only no learning. They had no friends. I really thought the kids had no friends and they were going to be psychologically damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that they stayed in the house for eight hours and mm-hmm. went from nine to three, like, or eight, in fact, mm-hmm. to three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's all they did was bookwork, bookwork, bookwork. And mm-hmm. that they, and if I'm being honest and transparent, I really thought that, you know, they couldn't par- possibly reach the level of public education students. How could they? It's a mom. She's so with the mom at home. What yeah, she's she- a mom at home with her apron. She's probably cooking and the kids aren't learning anything. And, you know, <laughs> I have been so schooled and so um, humbled. Mm-hmm. I have to say to my friends that may watch or to new people, I have been humbled. Mm-hmm. I have been humbled when it comes to my judgments and what I, my preconceptions about homeschooling stuff, mm-hmm. because I have met kids who make me go and look stuff up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a master's degree in teaching. I don't know that. Wait, where do, you're in second grade, you know. Yeah. I really liked biology. I don't remember learning that. And so I have been really, really schooled. And it's been, a, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had that process happen to me because it's made me a better person, I think. Not a better mom or homeschooler, but it's made me a better person to not assume so many things about things I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where, what circles you jump in in homeschooling, you could think that all homeschoolers are Christians. Yeah, not. Schoolers have big families. You could think that all homeschoolers um, live on land and have animals. Like, there's just so many things that you could begin to form. This is what homeschoolers are like. And I'm here to say, homeschoolers look like a whole lot. There's such an array of differences within the homeschool community that, for me, it's it's important to highlight that because there are these silos of homeschoolers. And if you get into one of those silos, you could think this is all homeschooling is about. And I'm like, it's, it's not, it's so much bigger than that. And I encourage people to actually, um, so I grew up Muslim and I grew up Muslim and Catholic. So we had our own instruction in our own schools. So when I went to the convention where I met you, I saw so many different people that my world view of homeschooling changed that day too and i remember going up to a muslim family and they were looking at me like why is this lady staring in our face so much i was just so happy you know to see so many different there was a amish family there were orthodox jews at that event it was honestly probably one of the most beautiful representations of a community i have ever seen Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i encourage i in this 
I don't have a role in anything. I, I work um, with my local co-op and I teach Spanish and um, scripture in Spanish. And then I teach Spanish on Mondays and I teach um, for VIP kit. I teach ESL online. So I don't have, um, I don't have a real big teaching role or leadership role anywhere in homeschooling. But when I meet new homeschoolers, I always try to tell them, make sure that you branch out and meet all kinds of different people. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're not sure if that's going to be a fit for you, go check it out. Mm-hmm. You can always leave. And that's my encouragement to anyone who's going to homeschool. Um, before you join a pod or join a co-op, be, make sure you go around and you meet people of all different um, walks of life to be able to broaden your worldview and your children's worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, what led you? How do you run your rate raise? I guess my last question um, is going to be: I like this. I used to I used to use this hashtag. We homeschool like, and it was my thing. I used you know, oh, because we cook like. I was a thing I used to say with my friends. Um, you know, to be very funny or whatever. So, what do you homeschool like? Mm. <laughs> you have to we homeschool like what are the what does that ellipsis look like yeah uh currently we homeschool like as i said we got college homeschool college going on we got we got one in dual credit um and wow. then we've got a lot my kids are in a stage of a lot of independent learning it wasn't always this way but my youngest is now 10 almost 11 she thought she keeps reminding us I'm almost 11. Like she's like she's done with 10. Um, I'm just like, I'm trying to hold her in 10. I know. I'm done with 10. I'm almost 11. Um, So there's a lot of independent learning because I don't have to teach anybody to read right now. I don't have to teach them to count. So I'm really more in an accountability coaching role with my kids than I am in the day to day in their books, turn to the page. Let's do this together. Like that season has moved on for me. So my homeschooling looks like, hey, I haven't seen your work lately. Let me see where you are. Um, How is it that you, (laughs) okay, this is kind of how I talk to my hubby. I was like, how do you have kids who are delinquent in homeschool? Like they live here. Like how could they not be showing up for their own stuff? (laughs) What are we doing? But that's what accountability is. (laughs) Children, you know? So they still want to pull that. I don't know where my book is. And I go, you mean like this one right here? Like, Gosh, unicorn suddenly. <laughs> I just tried losing your book, but uh, yeah, no, here's your book right here. Get to work. Uh, so I'm in more of the accountability, keep moving forward. You can do this. Let me help you figure out why you can't understand this algebra problem um, role than I am in a direct teaching role right now. Because what I really want to enforce for my kids is this. Um, understanding that this is their education. I say it to my kids all the time. I have my degree. I've done the work. I'm I'm not in school right now. So I don't want to be more invested in your education than you are. Now, I will match you. Like you are all in. I'm all in with you. You pull back. I'm going to pull back, not quit on you because you don't understand the value of your education. But I'm going to pull back how much I'm invested. Because in the past, 
I've been so excited about the things that they're learning or that, should I say, I'm learning because of their things that I'm like so into it. And I'm like looking up references and I'm over on websites and I'm pulling videos and I'm doing all things. And they are in a corner playing with the stock lint between their toes, right? Like they are not interested in what I got going on. And I am so into it. I have left them in the dust. So I've had to tell myself to watch for their level of interest and engagement and match them so that they don't ever feel left behind or pulled beyond what they can really take in in the moment. And so when I say I, I pull back, I don't want people to think that I'm just like, ha, I know. you don't want to learn? I ain't going to teach them. Like, it's not that. It's more of a, I don't ever want to take over what their their education is their education journey. I've had mine. I'm still learning and growing. I, that's still a part of who I am. But I'm here to facilitate their learning and their growth. And I want to keep that in front of my faith. I want to keep that as an important priority instead of just prioritizing that knowledge is happening. But that not only knowledge, but wisdom is being mm-hmm. being captured. So what I heard was we homeschool like a, a facilitator. You're making sure that these avenues are met. It's funny that you said that because you coach moms, mm-hmm. but you're kind of your family's coach too. And you talk about that. I don't remember what podcast because I didn't stalk you recently because I didn't want it to influence this. Because <laughs> then I would have that fresh in my head and then it would, but you've spoken about um, personal development for us, for the moms teaching. And that is very important to you. And I have to tell you, it's been something that's helped me. And this is kind of part of that because, you know, we forget that my son struggled with phonics because I believe that in his little five-year-old head sometimes, he believes he knows better. He's very bright. And so, but I know this information. Why do I have to read? I know I rem- he has an almost autodidactic personality where he reads it, hears it, and can regurgitate it and doesn't forget it, which makes me so jealous, but doesn't make the best learner when they think they already know it. Mm-hmm. And so I struggle with him. And some days I have to tell him, I know how to read. Mama mm-hmm. read a lot of books to get to teach you how to read. So can we just get bat red and we can move on? Bat, cat, hat, and we can move on. And, he's, and then he's like, bat, cat, hat, walks away. So I can totally relate to that because, you know, we're, we're not only teaching, we're facilitating their learning, we're coaching them. But it's almost in the same way that someone would coach us and facilitate our learning and stuff. And sometimes I think because, you know, I don't want to say my age, but I have a 28-year-old and a five-year-old and my 28-year-old asks me questions about my son like I have forgotten how to learn like I have forgotten what it's like to be a learner or she's 28 now so she's forgotten how to be a learner and I have to reassure her constantly she's she's um very overprotective over my son because we waited such a long time for my son that you know, she's like, well, is he learning this? Is he getting enough social time? Is he doing this? And I'm like, he's okay. I know how to learn too. Okay. And so I think it's really important that we remember we are learners every day. We're constantly learning something. Um, at least I hope, you know, we are constantly learning something and moving ahead. And mm-hmm. so 
I can totally relate to what you were saying, being the facilitator, because even my five-year-old mm-hmm. thinks he knows everything, um, still needs to slow down so he can read, and then really learn everything he wants to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really enjoyed you so much. I know that you are a busy person, and I don't want to take um, all your time away, and I have really, really enjoyed being able to speak to you in this format, and I know I've a little bit, but... Um, could you tell everyone where we can find you? And I just want to go over real quick. I think that's it. That's it. So where you can find me, before I do that, because I'll remember that piece, I wanted to say something about you and your son. But I think um, some other people that you share this, this video with or this podcast with could really benefit from because uh, I think all of us can end up with that child. Uh, I say that child, and we can all fill in the gap like that one that kind of makes you go, <laughs> come on, kid. <laughs> and I have found the best way to really facilitate their learning process and to help them keep moving forward is to either, one, show them why it benefits them, like why this is important for them, but two, make it a necessity for them. So if they wanted to um, bake cookies, like I want cookies, you go, oh, you know what? We were working on reading earlier and you can have cookies if you could read like how this recipe works or I how they cook and you make it a necessity for them so that now you understand, ah, in order to be able to do the things that you want to do, sometimes you have to do the things that you have to do. And learning how to read is part of the freedom that you're in pursuit of or the the autonomy or the independence that you want. That is only grasped when you have the skills to support that. But as long as you don't know how to read, you will always be dependent. You will always need someone else. You won't ever be truly that free person that you want to be if you don't have the skills to support it. So what does that look like? You could say, hey, um, you wanted to watch that movie. Cool. What you need to do in order to watch the movie is be able to read this read this Bob book to me. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob books, but I, I love Oh, Bob, yes. Right? Yeah, I love right? Matt, our close friends of ours. <laughs> So you need to be able to read this Bob book or these three Bob books. And then we're open to a movie. But as long as it is it is um, a forgotten requirement, meaning you're tired and you're like, ah, they didn't do their, he didn't do his reading again today. And you move on and you go, that's it. Just put the movie on. Then he'll get the pattern of, well, I just, you know, I still get the movie. Who cares? But if you make the, what he wants attached to what he needs to do, then that connection will keep him moving forward because he now understands it as a necessity and not just something mom wants me to do, but it's something he wants to do. I liken that to my, to my foreign language students, right? So I, I tell them, imagine yourself being dropped in France, dropped in France. You need a certain amount of, and I always start different than most textbooks do. Even though I've contributed to a couple, but I tell them, you need bio data to be able to get back home. You need to tell a police officer. You need to know what a police officer is called in another language. You need to be able to know where you're staying at, what transportation is, what, what, how to say your numbers to give them a phone number, or these days, I don't know, get somebody on WhatsApp to be able to help you, or Snapchat, or TikTok, whatever. You need to be able to convey information 
that is your information. So how are you going to do that? You need a skill set to be able to do that, right? So you can move forward. And then they look at me like, oh, oh we're not going to start with learning. I like, and I'm like, yeah, we do. But it's going to come a little later because I need you to be able to give back information. So I do that to my foreign language students all the time. You know, learn this to be able to get you a skill set to be able to get you out of many different situations and many conversations. Because, I don't know, I always told my high schoolers, what if you meet a cute girl on the metro? Or I've taken students to France. I'm like, you want to give them your phone number and you can't even say your name. <laughs> right. <laughs> back then, when the barrier. When phone numbers and stuff were a thing and not, you know, just follow me on, you know, give me your QC code. So, yeah. Yes, that's good. Okay. Well, if anybody wants to follow me and stay connected, I would love that. Just know that I would love that. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Susan L C and uh, S E A Y is how you spell my last name. And then I have my website, which is susanc.com. And those are all the best places to connect with me. I have the podcast. It's been on break for a while this summer, but I'm about to start getting back on the microphone. I'm looking over the laptop because my microphone's right there, but I'm about to start recording again. I've got some great info I look forward to sharing with you guys, and I call it hanging out on the virtual couch with me because that's what I want it to feel. That's what I think of when I'm talking to you there, and I would love for you to join that community. You have a Facebook community too. That thing is so not active. I don't even talk about it. I look forward to one day getting in there again. But yes, there is a group of intentional moms on Facebook. And they have done a great job of talking to each other while I still figure out, like, what am I doing here? But yes, you're welcome to that join gives that. Us hope. That gives us hope because, you know, I admire you. I, I, I look up to a lot of the things you've done. One of my favorite podcasts, by the way, and I would love you know, to link that for people. And one of the most um, helpful podcasts for me has been the 10 questions. Uh -huh. I don't know. Well, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 10 questions to ask your child. Every and it, year. it makes me tear up every time, mm -hmm. but okay. So I'll have to post that too. I want to tell you, thank you so much for being my first guest. I actually had a friend of mine help me record one a few months ago and it died. My, my laptop died and everything is gone and I was oh. still discouraged. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to let it get to me and it's a lesson to be learned. And so I reached out to you and I appreciate you um, for your help, for your encouragement and for um, the good work you are doing. And um, thank you so much for being here. Do you have any questions for me? I don't know how this works. Yeah, no, but I do want to say congratulations on thank saying you. yes to this. I look forward to watching the growth of this and how you'll connect to other moms who just need that encouragement that they can do this too. And it's not about them being perfect and not them trying to have it all together. It's just about their heart for their kids and their commitment to homeschooling. And that when we link arms as women, yeah. we are a powerful force and we really can work for good for our homes and for our communities. So Yay to you for saying yes. Thank you for inviting me to be here with you. And I look forward to just cheering you on along the way. Thank you so much, Susan. Um, if there's anything I could ever do for you, let me know. And I just want to give my details. You can follow me on Instagram on Mama School and on Facebook on Mama School. I don't have a lot of stuff yet, but I will soon. And so if you have any questions, please reach out to me and um, I can help any way I can. Yes. Susan, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> have fun today. You're yeah.
Do what? Are you going to be recording today? I have another interview today, so I won't be on my podcast. These are just for others today. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Thank you so much, Susan. I will you see bet. you. Go enjoy your day. Thank okay. You. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Imperfect Homeschool Podcast by Mama School. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast for more advice on homeschooling your child. You can reach out to us at mamaschool.co. That's mamaschool.co.